Broadcasting from the UNMC College of Nursing, get ready for RN Huddle, the podcast dedicated to bringing hot topics for and by nurses to the table. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of RN Huddle. This is your host, Heidi Keeler, coming to you from the University of Nebraska Medical Center College of Nursing. And as always, we are still social distancing, so please be advised as you listen to our broadcast, you may pick up some of those variations in our recording. Well, today we have a very special episode. We have our own faculty and guests today. We have Dr. Robin Lally, professor at the University of Nebraska Medical Center College of Nursing and our interim associate dean for research. And our topic today is going to be about nursing research, what it's like, what does it take to become a nursing researcher, and then some interesting tidbits about the job itself, how you're contributing to the profession of nursing. So without further ado, let's get started. Dr. Lally, welcome so much to our program today. Well, thank you. Nice Nice to be here. We are so excited to talk about one of my favorite topics, and that is nursing research. You know, when I was a little girl, my dad would say things like, "Uh, Heidi, you should be a scientist because you just ask so many questions. And so I think when you grow up and you enter a profession, um, those things don't go away. So I'm really curious, Dr. Lally, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got to where you are today. Okay. Well, how much time do you have here, Heidi? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Your story, Heidi, really um, reminds me of how I got into uh, science. I I recall really vividly where I was sitting in in about first grade in social studies. We were learning and reading, I think it was about the Incas. And that was the first time that uh, in the book or the teacher really told us that there was something that was not known in the world. And at age of about six, that seemed to me, at least the first time I realized that not everything was known. There were still things to discover. And I I just remember that moment so well that I just carried that through all the years of school and then high school. And I was very interested in science in high school. I was a I was part of the science Dexter team. I don't think they use that word Dexter anymore. So always interested in that. And uh, then went to college and got this uh, degree in uh, human physiology. But I realized that at that point, I didn't really like the bench research parts of things. And I was really interested in, you know, really working with people and making, making a difference there. So yeah, I was flipping through the the course catalog, and in those days, it was all in paper. I can just remember where I, I remember was those days. <laughs> yeah, where I was sitting and looking at that and seeing nursing, and I hadn't really given nursing a whole lot of thought. I, when you grow up, parents, you know, want you to become a doctor, an MD, and that's where I thought I was headed. And so I saw nursing, but I saw that you could get a PhD in nursing. I'd never heard of that before. And you know, what age am I? I already finished my first bachelor's degree, so I'm 20-something, and never heard of that. So I went over to the College of Nursing, and you know, all I remember from that experience really is sitting uh, with, I guess it was a counselor or something in the College of Nursing, and after she looked at my transcripts and things, because I had done pretty well, 
in my first bachelor's degree, um, she just said, we'd be happy to have you or we'd love to have you. And I just felt so happy that I had found a home because nobody in human physiology had ever said that they, you know, really wanted me there. And it just so kind of awesome. took off from that point. I was what was called an accelerated nursing student because I already had a degree in something else. And those were some of the best days of my, my life. I still have friends from that period in my life. I'm actually going to see one this weekend. So Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, there are so many roads uh, for my PhD. I actually didn't consider PhD either. I thought I was going to be a clinician. And then I did a little bit of time teaching and I realized that I loved the policy aspect of nursing and how nursing interacted with healthcare policy. And so I went from my bachelor's to law school, if you can believe it, and spent a little bit of time in law school and interestingly enough, got recruited back into nursing by a nursing faculty with a PhD and told me all the things I could do for legislation on the PhD expert side of the house and that that was the real driver of legislation and from that point I was hooked so isn't it interesting the different paths we have (laughs) yeah yeah no that's that's very that's very interesting and yeah you sometimes have to take some different different roads I started out in ICU uh, because I thought I wanted to be very technical and then when I went for my master's degree again I was thumbing through the book and wanting to find out, you know, where I felt like I could make the largest impact. And I thought nursing had so many avenues within oncology and, you know, you know, pediatrics, geriatrics, pain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's where I landed in oncology and never looked back from, from that. That is my, my favorite field, but you know, unlike some people, I had no no mentors, no family members, no nothing that ever, you know, no examples that drove me in that particular direction. Yes, thank you. And that really illustrates the fact that uh, there are many roads in nursing and there are many paths, many passions. And so I wonder if we could maybe tell our listeners a little bit more about what the official path is to becoming a nursing researcher knowing that wherever you are in your career, if you have a passion for finding out and discovering knowledge, then there's a place for you. So what would you say to our listeners about if they're thinking about being a PhD, what what do they need to do? Mm -hmm. Well, I think you have to be curious and observe. So if you're already a nurse, which uh, I understand many of our, our listeners here today are, no matter what field you're in, keep your eyes open for what makes you curious, what you think that patients and families and or the, the profession of, of nursing or clinics, whatever it is, because as you said, Heidi, there are so many paths that nurses can take. Nursing education, administration, you know, in science of, of every kind. And when I said that bench research was not for me, that's not to say that nurses don't do bench research. There are nurses who, who do and, and really combine both bench and clinical. So identify questions that you have and identify that additional education in answering those questions 
is really a passion for you because a PhD is not easy. I always said while I was getting my PhD that the P stands for perseverance. It's and, That's and, the truth. <laughs> every, and every PhD isn't brilliant. We have all levels of, of intelligence. It doesn't mean you're so, you know, some superstar, but I, I have said that it, it means that you could keep your bottom in the chair for a really long time because it really is a lot of work. And that's why I think the statistic still is there's only about 1% or so of nurses who have a PhD. So, you know, Dr. Lally, I think for some of our listeners, you know, we have nurses doing all sorts of things. We've got educators, we've got administrators, we've got nurses that are working on the floors, doing a lot of clinical work at all levels of practice. And so I I know that one burning question that many folks have is, well, I want to go on and get an advanced degree. And there's this thing called DNP. And then there's this thing called PhD. And I'm really not sure what the difference is. Do you think that you could articulate that for our listeners? Yeah, that's a very that's a very good question. And that is something that when you're probably start out in the same way with the same passion and questions that you're seeing in your day-to-day practice or whatever that practice is. In a nutshell, the DNP or Doctor of Nursing practice is a clinical practice expert degree and It differs from the PhD, and the PhD is traditional PhD, just like any other PhD in any other science, in that it is, the PhD is a research-focused degree. So you come out of the DNP really being a clinical expert and applying the research to the practice, and then Also, there might be an element of research in it in that you have to evaluate the implementation of that practice, the outcomes of what it is that you implemented, but you might be implementing and making choices between two or more what we call evidence-based practices. So if we could uh, care for a patient, you know, this way or that way, what does the science already tell us about it and which one am I going to implement and then, then test it out? Whereas with the PhD, most of the time we're doing what they call discovery science, where we're creating the evidence to begin with, then which is later applied and implemented in practice. The PhD often takes a little bit longer to do And because you are starting much more with your very own idea and trying to identify something that really fills a gap in the current existing, you know, discovered knowledge base uh, of nursing or even outside of nursing, might be psychology, might be, you know, whatever. The, The DMP, in order to get that degree, do a project, which often is a collaborative project And so they, and it needs to be focused on something that their clinical setting, where the gaps are there in that clinical setting. So that's kind of a a difference. And they're often implementing and testing it then in that particular setting. So it's not quite as long. They don't write a, a dissertation. They write their project up and hopefully get that published. And whereas the PhD in nursing, like I said, is actually 
you know, run by the graduate school and is the same as any other PhD in chemistry or physics or anything else. You do a dissertation and defend it and, and all of that. So. so it seems like when you're thinking about knowledge and the difference, one is really a clinician who wants to answer questions related to the clinical work. And then the PhD is really going into new areas of knowledge, really diving into the data and creating new options for the clinical world or whatever area the PhD decides to put their discovery into. Does that sound about right? That was absolutely perfect. I don't know why you even asked me. We, we, <laughs> we like to hear from the experts here <laughs> at just, RN Huddle. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I'm glad we're talking about this because it really is a conundrum. Uh, you know, the DMP is fairly new as compared to the PhD. It didn't exist, you know, when I was doing this. And it really is a different way of thinking. And so I used to be an assistant dean for the PhD program at another university. And I frequently would have people in my office um, trying to make that decision between DNP and PhD. And, and to me, I could never figure out why they even had a question about that because it was so obvious to me what I wanted to do and where my passion was in conducting clinical trials and doing that, that just was naturally where I was at. But for many people, it really is very confusing what they want to do. Well, let's see if we can take some confusion out of our listeners. So you've been a PhD researcher, very successful researcher, a full professor in research. And, and that is truly an amazing accomplishment as a nurse. And so why don't you talk a little bit about your shining moments as a PhD in nursing? Hmm. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, there's, <laughs> there are, there are shining moments and there's a whole lot of uh, gaps in between those shining moments where you're working really, really, really hard at things. Um, you know, I would say one of the, the most exciting shining moments is when uh, you get one of your first articles published and then, uh, because it was not easy for me to uh, get my first article published. My dissertation was a qualitative. Uh, I was very interested in theory and I, um, I won't bore you with all the, the details, but I did a, what's called a grounded theory dissertation. And so I interviewed women newly diagnosed with breast cancer about their thought processes. And this came out of my clinical practice because I was a clinical nurse specialist in a breast center. And I always said as a, and I did that for about eight years, I. Uh, in my practice, I would always say that my practice had a lot more to do with psychology than it did oncology because I helped these women. So I also, you know, found a clinical question, but. So um, I'm actually going to interrupt you right here real quick and just explain to our learners what grounded theory is uh, just to kind of highlight the caliber of uh, our great Dr. Lally. Oh. Grounded theory is when there is literally nothing known about a topic. And you have to figure out from talking to people where to even start. So we're talking about building knowledge from the ground up here, hence grounded theory. So Dr. Lally, kudos to you. Sorry for the interruption, but I just oh, had no, to point okay. that out. <laughs> that's okay. And you know, it, it, it's not that, that fantastical. It's, it's not that maybe that there's absolutely nothing ever known, but it's looking at the problem in a different, in a different way. And 
the way I saw it is that, you know, when we see somebody in clinic, and this might really uh, relate to a lot of the listeners, you see somebody in clinic and it's hustle bustle, right? They're checking in, they're checking out, they're putting on their best face for the doctor, you know, and oh, doctor, yeah, everything's fine. Thank you. Okay, here's my prescription. Okay, bye. And you don't really get a lot of time to talk with them. And as a clinical nurse specialist, I really spent a lot of time with these women all behind the scenes. So I knew there was a whole lot of stuff going on in their head and at home and in their family as a clinician that they weren't saying when they got to the clinic. So yeah, the reason I got into this is because I wanted to kind of open up that black box. So that, that's what I did. But you know, it took me a long time to do this and then to get it published took a very long time. But the yes, but the shining moments, one of the uh, greatest shining moments was when I went to a conference then and a researcher whose work I had read and who I admired, I was introduced to her and she said to me, oh, you've published, I've read your work. And I nearly fainted dead away. And um, I, I can still feel the corners of my mouth right now, just trying not to break out into the hugest smile. That was like, okay, I've arrived. Um, awesome. Awesome. So in a sentence, what was it that you found in that study? What, what changed the world for those women? <laughs> what changed the world? Well, I used, I'm not sure it changed the world, but I, I used the framework. So uh, many of the listeners might be, might know what a conceptual framework is to develop then an intervention, my interventions called Caring Guidance After Breast Cancer Diagnosis. So it's a web-based cognitive behavioral therapy based program that women newly diagnosed with cancer can use to help them but, work through the, uh, and work their thoughts through. and emotions mm-hmm. about the diagnosis. Yep. Yep. And nice. because like you said, it's grounded in the real world. It promises to then really um, address issues, questions, and gotcha. problems. Gotcha. Yeah. So Dr. Lally with HD and her clinical knowledge created a resource to help women through this very scary and emotionally taxing time in their life, something that didn't exist before. And that's the kind of thing you do as a PhD. So what last minute word of advice could you give to our listeners as we wrap it up for today? Yeah, I would say don't be afraid of research. That, you know, that word seems to put a cold chill into into people. And not everybody needs to become a PhD or it's not right for everybody. It's right for some people, but there are many avenues and ways that you can participate in research and everyone should be doing it at whatever level of nursing that in education that they have. And just be open to it, help and collaborate and recruit and all that. And don't be afraid of the word research because it's essential to build the science so that we know how to practice and care for patients as nurses. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone can participate in research in one way or another. And if you decide that you want to be the leader of the research team, Getting your PhD will teach you how to do that. It isn't a scary thing. It is, it's a a rewarding and amazing thing that changes lives. So thank you so much for what you do, Dr. Lally. And thank you for sharing your knowledge today on RN Huddle. Yeah, thanks for having me.
Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to RN Huddle. If you are interested in learning more about getting your PhD, please check our show notes. We can direct you to some resources and give you more information about what it's like to be a nurse researcher. We hope you tune in next time to RN Huddle. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening to RN Huddle. To stay connected, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at UNMC CNE or check out unmc.edu slash CNE for more program information.